0: All right. We'll go ahead and take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of First Samuel. I'm going to be dealing with the subject this morning. This one is a little, uh, maybe a little unusual. But if you know me, I'm not. I, I tend to do that every once in a while. But at the same time, it's this really is is very serious. It's it's a really a very serious subject. We're going to read a passage of scripture in First Samuel chapter three. Uh, before we uh, get into what we're going to be talking about a whole lot. But I want to read the story. This is a story about Samuel. Now Samuel, he was a very great, great man of God. He was a prophet of God. Later in Samuel's life, I mean, he was the kind of man the people, uh, they feared him. It says in First Samuel 16, verse 4, And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Come us out peaceably. Samuel, he was the kind of guy that... if he came along and he prophesied something. People knew it was going to happen. People, uh, And so when he comes into town, people, they got scared. I mean, their Bible says that the elders were trembling. They said, come us out peaceably. In other words, like, are we okay? Did we do something wrong? I mean, they were scared and he came peaceably and boy, they, they felt a whole lot better. But he was just a great, great man of God. And if you read before this passage that we're in, Samuel's mother, Hannah, she was not able to have any children. And boy, she wanted a child in the worst way. She wanted a son. And she was praying to God. She said, Lord, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. And she did. She went and God blessed her with a child. And as soon as he was weaned, she sent him to the prophet, or not the prophet, the high priest, Eli. And he worked with Eli there in the temple. I mean he so Samuel he served God from the time that he was just a small child. And this passage we're looking at is when he was probably maybe only maybe maybe not even a teenager yet. He was very young. And we see where God speaks to him in this passage, and we're going to read verse one. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. that the Lord called Samuel and He said, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Samuel, he hears this voice calling his name and he said, Well, that's Eli. And so he gets up and he runs to Eli. But it wasn't Eli. It said, it wasn't me. And then verse 6, And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. We see here a neat story about how the Lord first started talking To Samuel. And it's a neat story because we know what happens with Samuel. He becomes a great man of God. God used Samuel in a great way. And it's kind of neat. He's there laying in bed and he hears it and he keeps thinking it's Eli just back and forth. And Eli finally realizes, hey, this isn't, see, he's not just hearing things. The Lord's trying to get a hold of him. The Lord's trying to speak to Samuel and he tells him, next time you say, speak for thy servant heareth. Now listen the Lord, He speaks to me often, I've never heard him in an audible voice. I do remember one time when I was just a young teenager i was in I was in church and i was I was all by myself I remember uh Dad left me he had to go run an errand or something, and he left me there and i was, i was going I had some stuff I was wanting to do there, and so I'm there at the church, and he was taking a really long time and it got dark, and I was at the church all by myself in the dark, and I know churches are you know should be safe place you don't have to worry about anything but churches can sometimes be a little spooky and so i'm in there and i'm, I'm kind of in the sound room in the uh, back of the auditorium and i'm playing around in there messing around and all of a sudden up at the front i hear a pian- the piano a key hit and i'm like did i hear that and i'm sitting there and I'm like somebody over there and no answer and i thought i mean that was my imagination all of a sudden i hear like two of them hit and the piano in that auditorium it was over on the side and there was a door there but i have seen somebody come in that door and there there was no way they could have come from any other way and i'm thinking there can't be anybody there i wonder if that's a ghost you know and i'm getting nervous and then finally i hear it the third time and i wanted to run but the thing is it was, the church was out in the country if i'd have ran i just ran outside and you know, it was several miles to home at the time where we lived at the time. So I didn't really have any place to run. So I was like, "That's got to be Dad messing with me." But I don't know how we got there. And I remember I went and I, I go walking up there. I'm like, "Who's there?" And I'm looking. I'm getting up there closer and closer. And then finally, I see my dad. He starts laughing, and somehow he managed to get in there, and I didn't see him. I don't know how he did it, but I thought I was getting a message. I just I didn't think it was from the Lord at that time. It was but it was my dad messing with me, but. uh you know, one thing though that I've always tried when I, since I was a young child, I I remember hearing this story, and it was just in my mind that hey, if the Lord was able to speak to Samuel then at a young age, He could speak to me too. A lot of times, young people, and usually this matches a lot of times when I've preached it, I've preached it uh, to young people. But uh, God wants to speak to people; He wants to speak to them at an early age. But th- today, I've, it is harder than ever. For God to get through to people, and listen, there's a lot of reasons, and hopefully we can get into everything that I want to get into today. There's quite a bit. I've got several pages of notes. We'll see what happens. I promise I won't keep you here super long. But, one of the things, the reason I think God's having a tough time getting through to people today, especially in church, is we have been, we have become so conditioned to just the modern media stuff that we cannot concentrate on anything anymore. And a lot of times, a lot of times in churches anymore, people they will for their Bible they will bring in an iPad or something, okay, and they will do the Bible on the iPad. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with reading your Bible on an iPad. If you're reading a Bible on an iPad, you're reading the Bible just like reading the Bible in a book. The only problem with that is, you know, they're they're reading the Bible, and then all of a sudden, you know, they see a little message come up there. They're checking Facebook. They're checking Twitter. They're checking whatever. Easily distracted. You know, they go from reading their Bible to paying attention to 14 other things and they can't focus on anything. Anymore in churches today, it's not uncommon to see people. They'll be texting during the middle of the service. They're looking at their phones. They're, they're checking all these things. We're, everywhere we have distractions like crazy. And listen, I'm not against technology. I think technology is neat. I've got I've got a cool cell phone. I'm not able to afford the iPad yet, but I, I like that. I like I like video games. All right? I hope y'all won't think any less of me. But I've been I've been playing all the Mario games since Nintendo came out. I like Mario, <laughs> uh, Lego Batman, pretty cool. Lego Batman Two. All right? I mean, it, I, I like that stuff. But you know what's happened? We are so used to those things that, and we are so controlled that we can't pay attention to anything anymore. In many churches today, and I'm not, I'm not even saying this is necessarily wrong. But in a lot of churches today, whenever the guys preach, they've got to have all these big fancy screens and graphics and flashing lights and all this stuff for you to watch, otherwise they're going to lose people. 'Cause people can't focus on stuff without having a TV screen to look at. That's about all we can focus on. Even if you watch TV nowadays, there's just like so much to it. I mean, we've got to have these big, huge, high definition TVs. I remember when we got our first bigger TV, you know, the uh, you know, the high definition and all that. When I first watched it, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, whoa. There's so much more to all these pictures and things, and it was almost hard for me to watch it. I went into a Best Buy one time, and they had this big 3D TV in there, and I'm sitting there on this little couch, and I'm watching with the 3D glasses, and it's got the surround sound and everything. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to figure out where all the sounds are coming from." I mean, it was stressing me out. I'm like, "I can't." It's like this is this is too much for me. But people, we've gotten used to that, and any more just focusing on black words on white pages it's almost impossible and what's happened i i I hope nobody will find this offensive i'm not i'm not trying to make fun but what i want to talk to today about is us overcoming how we can overcome adhd because the truth is a lot of us have it myself included We've, we've got it. And I, I want you, I want to, I'm going to read some of the stuff about ADHD because it's almost funny. In today's day and age that we live in, we like to make up names for all of our problems that we have and make everybody feel like a victim. And, then, and as a result, we never teach anybody how to work through these things. Some things are just normal. And I'm here today to tell you, when you read what ADHD is, it's pretty normal. Not only did I have it when I was a kid, I went I did one of these online tests, I've still got it. My kids all have it. I mean, we've got it bad. I had it real bad when I was a kid. Well, look, attention deficit disorder is one of three subtypes of attention of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. The term was changed in ninety-four. I'm not going to read all this stuff, but I want you to look at the symptoms of it. For, for example, for children, often does not give close attention to details, or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, work, or other activities. I did all that when I was a kid. Uh, I, I've taught most kids do that. Often has trouble keeping attention on task or play activities. I had all that when I was a kid. Often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly, often being accused of daydreaming. Right, hey, I see a lot of that in church. <laughs> you know, I, hey, I, I remember my mom when I was a kid, my mom, she used to have to grab my face like this. She would finish my cheeks together, and she would, she'd get right in my face. You know why? Because I, you know, she'd start, I'd, <laughs> you know, you look away, you know, didn't want to paint. And you know, it wasn't so much the ADD, I guess, as much as I just didn't want to hear what she had to say. But at the same time, you know, unfortunately, I didn't know that term when I was a kid, and I wish I would have, because I said, mom, I can't listen to you. I have ADHD. You got to give me a break, you know. But uh, you know, she didn't care. She grabbed a fish. She got my attention. Uh, often does not follow instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace, not due to oppositional behavior or failure to understand instructions. Fails to finish schoolwork. I would have failed every day if my parents would have let me. <laughs> they, you know, they made me finish all that stuff. I didn't know it was because I had ADD. If I'd have known that, I'd ask mom and dad to give me Ritalin. Instead of what they like to give me, called paddling. It just, you know, but anyway, I don't think they knew about it. Often has trouble organizing activities, often avoids dislikes, or doesn't want to do things that take a lot of mental effort for a long period of time, such as schoolwork or homework. Often avoids dislikes. I avoid dislikes all I can. I don't know about you. I try to do that. Often loses things needed for tasks and activities. Toys, school assignments, pencils, books, tools, often easily distracted. is often forgetful in daily activities. So uh, I know I had that when I was a kid. I know my kids have it. Often, For adults, often make careless mistakes when having to work on uninteresting or difficult projects. I don't know about you all, but does it mean I have ADD when I fall asleep during boring movies? Because I don't, when I'm doing something that's uninteresting... I tend to get distracted and do other things. Uh, often having difficulty keeping attention during work or holding down a job for a significant amount of time. Often having difficulty concentrating on conversations. Uh, I got in trouble with my wife just a day or two ago because the radio was playing and she started to tell me something. and But something they'd said in the radio caught my interest and I kind of went to the radio and didn't get what she said. And... I was supposedly ignoring her, but I you know, I, I wasn't trying to, it's just that caught my interest. And I'm not real good at taking in two things at the same time. And I hadn't read this yet. When that happened to others, I, I could have just told her it's like I wasn't ignoring you. I have ADHD. So give me a break. But anyway, uh you know, and, and it goes on and they and some I mean it's ridiculous. I think I think most of us probably have it to a certain to a certain extent. And as, and because of that Something like the, the spiritual things, God trying to speak to us through His Word and through some other things that we're going to look at. We often completely miss it because the truth is, in order to get what God has for us, we have to pay attention. We have to pay very close attention. If Samuel would have been a modern teenager, he never would have heard God speak. He would have he because he'd have been up in his room playing video games until he couldn't stay awake anymore. Or he'd have been asleep with earphones on his head listening to rock music. I mean, he'd have been watching television until he passed out from exhaustion. I mean, there's no way God would have been able to get through to him. But back then, it got dark out. You didn't have electricities, You didn't have electricity. The Bible says that the lamp had gone out. So it's dark. I mean, it's pitch black. You have nothing else to do but lay there and go to sleep. And if you're not tired, you know, you can actually think. I mean, we can't even think anymore. Because if we, do, I mean, some people their phone does something about every 10 seconds. I mean, when you go out of here, some folks, I mean, they after they leave church for an hour, I mean, they've got 55 text messages they got to look up, you know, 14 emails, you know, I mean, all kinds of things they got to get caught up. I mean, they're busy. That's why it's it's tough. I mean, they're busy doing all that stuff, and it just they can't pay attention to anything. I mean, you go and you watch uh, a baseball game or a football game, and people are on the, they're like half the people in the crowd are on their cell phones. It's like you're all at a ball game. I remember when Obama got reelected. There's all these people at this big thing, and there's all this celebration where he was going to come and give a speech, and they're showing all these crowd shots, and every single crowd shot they showed, half the people were on their cell phones. Playing around, I don't think you can't even can pay attention to this. We can't pay attention to anything because we have so much of this around us. And in uh, in uh, Joshua chapter one verse eight, and uh, you don't have to turn there. I want to read this verse to you because it's so important. God's we're talking about God speaking to you today. God wants to speak to you. God speaks to people today the same way He did back in the Bible days. I'm sorry. You know, I've got I got a text message one time from Jesus. It did. You think what I did? It said it was from Jesus. It had his picture on there and everything. It's like, no, yeah, it was somebody else sending. I know you look confused there for a second, <laughs> but hey, he's not going to send you a text message. He's not going to send you an email. He's not going to do that. He's not going to become your friend on Facebook. He's not going to tweet you. He's not going to do any of those things. He's going to speak to you the same way. And in Joshua 1 8 it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. He said, This book of the law, you've got to meditate on it day and night. We've got to think about this. We've got to, I mean, actually, Meditate on it. You know, sometimes when people, the things that they will say about religion, the things that they will say about the Bible, I just look, I think, have you ever read it? And now, have you ever read it? Have you ever even thought about what just came out of your mouth? How ridiculous that sounds? I mean, it's just amazing. It's like they've never thought about it. And sometimes when people actually start talking about the Bible, it's amazing the enlightenment that comes because they've never even had a conversation about it. We're too distracted by everything else. We don't sit around and talk about the things of God anymore. We don't sit around and talk about the Bible anymore. We talk about everything else. I, I couldn't believe it. Just this week, they were. I, I was listening to the news, and I'm telling you, it's ridiculous what gets people excited. They said that after the President's State of the Union address... Marco Rubio gets up and he gives the Republican rebuttal or whatever you want to call it. And he took a drink of water in the middle of the sentence. And they said Twitter just went crazy. I mean, Twitter just went nuts. That video went viral of him taking a drink of water. And one guy on the news, they went to go do a segment about it and they said, well, can a drink of water and a political career. I thought, are you kidding me? A drink of water has got people that excited? I mean, good night! Boy, I mean, apparently, when somebody's talking and giving a speech on TV, we're so bad at paying attention... They they can never take a drink of water because they'll lose everybody. And they did. Boy, people just went crazy tweeting about it. I mean, it's absolutely insane how easily distracted we are. I mean, you look in, in, the, in the presidential election, all the issues and all the things that they were talking about that were just forefront, they were the most important things, compared to what they're talking about now just a few months later, completely different. I mean, we're that easily distracted. I mean, we just go from one thing to another and we don't pay attention to anything anymore. And in Psalms chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His, lie, in his law doth he meditate day and night. We, If we're going to be blessed people, if we're going to be strong people, if we're going to be good Christians, we have to meditate on the things of God. You're not just going to automatically get it. Just because you go to church once a week on Sunday isn't going to make you a good Christian, you're going to have to take the time to read the Bible yourself. And just reading it's not enough. I'm, let's say, I'm here too. Sometimes when I, do, when I do just my regular Bible reading, I do it right here. I just, I just use the Bible. Because sometimes when I'm studying, I like to use the computer programs and things. They really help a lot. They can help you find things. But when I do it on the computer, I've got too much other stuff on my computer that keeps getting me distracted. And some and sometimes, I you just have to get somewhere by yourself and get your Bible, turn your cell phone off, and read it. And don't just read it. Think about it. The book of Proverbs. We've been studying the book of Proverbs on Wednesdays. Boy, there is so much stuff there that you can just read really fast. But boy, when you actually stop and think about it, and try to apply it to your life and you meditate on it, it is, it's is—it's so enlightening. There's so much there. I mean, it's absolutely thrilling. But just reading, it's not going to cut it. You've got to meditate on it. There's so much about the Word of God that people don't understand. And my question is, have you ever actually thought about it and meditated on it? I mean, there's been times I've i have laid in bed just trying to wrap my mind around certain things. And that's, and that's what you have to do. If you're going to get it, We've got to meditate on it, but if we're going to meditate, we've got to learn to remove distractions. First Kings chapter nineteen verse eleven. He said, "Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord." And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains. God's getting ready to talk to Elijah, and so he goes, and all of a sudden there's a strong wind. It rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord is not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. Now I might not be interpreting this exactly right, but I'm going to give you my belief, what I believe about this next verse. And it says, And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Well, I believe that God was wanting to talk to Elijah. And and so, alright, I'm ready. But then all of a sudden there was this big wind, a tornado comes through, and it's breaking up the rocks. I believe the devil sent it along. Well, what happens when there's tornadoes? People run for their basement. No, if you're like me, I want to see it. You know, you want to watch it. That's pretty neat. I mean, you know, you know especially these days. Anytime something happens, oh, you know, everybody's got a video. You know, they all got they all got their cameras that they can carry around with them. I mean, we all want we all want to watch it. And God, but God's trying to talk to Elijah, and that's a lot more important than watching a tornado. God wasn't in the wind, the Bible says. And then there was an earthquake. I believe it says, but God wasn't in that. And there was a fire. Boy, fires will get attention. I heard a story one time about a church was burning down. It was on fire. Of course, everybody in town they're driving out there and they're watching the fire. And this one guy comes up there, and the pastor sees him, and he's like, "Man, I never thought I'd see you at the church. So I never thought I'd see the church would be on fire." <laughs> and you know, just, we're drawn to that stuff. And so what's happening? Satan's throwing all these things at Elijah. If it would now, Elijah's out in the wilderness. He's out by a cave. Okay, so that's what Satan had to do. Nowadays, all he's got to do is have something come up on the TV, have our cell phone ring. I mean, have all, I mean, there's all kinds of different things that he uses to distract us. And Elijah, all of a sudden there's this still small voice going on while all this other stuff's going on. And Elijah wants to hear what God has to say. And so he goes and he takes off his mantle that he's wearing and he wraps his face up in it and he goes inside the cave. You know what he's kind of doing? He's, he's blocking out everything else. Satan's trying to distract them because he wants to hear what God has to say. And sometimes, what? We need to do that in our prayer. We just need to get by ourselves somewhere. The Bible talks about praying in your closet. I mean, do it. If that's what it takes, go in there, kill the lights, get it dark, plug your ears, and just stay there for a while and give God a chance to speak to you. Let Him speak to your heart. Remove those distractions. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants to get your attention. There's all kinds of places where God speaks. And just real quick, in Samuel's life, there's some places where God spoke to him. One, in the house of God. in verse 3, Chapter 3, verse 3, "...and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep." He was in the house of God when the Lord spoke to him that first time. I'm here today to tell you that the church it's very common for God to speak to your heart in the church service. It's very common for Him to speak to you through the preaching. There's been many times where in my own life, and I've heard other people give the same testimony, where while they were in church and they heard the message, maybe while the pastor got up and he read the Scripture from the Bible, the Lord spoke to them about something the pastor wasn't even talking about. There's been people who have told me you know, stuff that they got from the message. I was like, I didn't even bring that up. I didn't preach that. It wasn't me. It was God who spoke to your heart about that. It was God. He convict He convict you of sin. God wants to speak to you, and in the church is a great place where it's going to happen. It should happen quite a bit, but you've got to remove the distractions. I promise. If you're if you're texting during the message, you're not God's not going to be able to speak to you. You're going to get distracted. Uh, It's you've you've got to ignore those things. I mean, turn turn that cell phone off. Leave it in your car. You deserve one hour a week away from that. The world can survive without you for one hour. They can do it. I promise. The world will keep on going. It'll still keep spinning. Sun will still come up and go down. It'll it'll all be okay. We've got to do it. it. God wants to speak to you in the church. God might Satan though. He's going to throw things at you. He might. A fidgety little kid, or something. Okay? I've been the fidgety little kid, or my kids have been the fidgety little kid. Distractions. Things to kind of take away your focus. Maybe somebody, you know, will be moving around or messing around. There's all kinds of things. Maybe you'll start, you know, counting how many boards are on the ceiling. And I shouldn't have said that. I got everybody distracted. And you're all going to know before the end of the service meeting. It doesn't take much. To get us distracted, and we need to realize that when we come to the house of God, God doesn't want you to come to church just so you can listen to the pastor run his mouth for an hour. That's not why. That's not why. It's because he wants to speak to you, and he uses the preaching of the Word of God to do that. And so you come and you be ready every time. Know what? I need to hear something from God. And focus your attention on that. Don't get distracted. It's going to take, listen. All those things we were talking about with the ADD and ADHD. I mean, I, I honestly, I really believe and Even a lot of doctors are saying it's just kids being kids. Okay, it's just these things are very nat hyperactivity. All right, it's natural. Maybe maybe it's a little too much sugar. You know, you eat. A, you know, kids ate some donuts earlier. You know that I'm, I'm sure that affects it somehow. But listen, it's one of those things that I, I didn't read the whole thing, but it was saying on the. ADHD that there's medication that you can take that will help it, but it'll never cure it. It says it'll never cure it. Once you get off of it, you'll be right back in the same position. But what nobody talks about is how to learn to work through it. And how to learn to work with it. Because I do I still have it. So I have to on purpose do some things to remove distractions. I can't study at home. I don't prepare my sermons at home. I don't know if you used to ask, you know, why don't, why don't you just get your message ready at home? Too many distractions. We got the television at home. You got the kids at home. There's too many other things to do at home. I've got ADHD. I can't do it at home. I got to come here and I got to get in my little room where it's nice and quiet. And I've got it on purpose. You know, I've got the computer in there. I, I got to make sure I, I don't play. I just I made a strict rule. I don't play games on my computer because. I'll get on there and I'll, I might do it for hours instead of studying. I, games, that's for home. Not for not for here. And so you've got to remove those distractions. But also in your Bible reading, in Samuel 3.21, and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the Word of the Lord. Say, so the Lord never speaks to me. Do you read your Bible? It's real hard for Him not to speak to you when you're reading His Word and you're paying attention to it. Listen, I... I'm so bad with this stuff that sometimes I can read five chapters and you can ask me five seconds, what did you just read about? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's how bad I am. When I was in school, same thing. You know, I'd, you'd know, you have to do the thing where you'd read the story and then you got to go and answer the questions. Five seconds after reading the story, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know any of them. I was reading the story, but I was thinking about something else. And boy, you've got to really... Maybe it's easy for you. Okay, maybe I need medication. I don't know. But man, you've just got to block everything out and get focused. I I was talking this morning about how, you know, when I read the Bible, I don't read it out loud unless I'm reading two people. There's been a couple times, I guess, I was thinking about that I have read out loud because I thought I'm trying to get something. And sometimes reading it and hearing it helps a little bit. There's been times that I've heard preachers just read the passage. They're not even preached on a certain subject, but I hear them say that verse that I've read dozens of times. And then all of a sudden it's like, how did I miss that? How did I miss that? You know, I I just I never meditated on it. I never really thought about it. And the Lord will speak to you through the Word. You're going to hear a lot of Bible in church. That's a great thing. But I always try to use a lot of scripture in my messages because I know that there's a good chance that I can say all the words in the world and it might not accomplish anything. But the word of God will. That's why I always use scripture. Always use, always use scripture. But also the Lord will speak to you in prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 6 says, But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Israel was wanting something that was not God's will. And Samuel, he didn't know what to do, and he prayed to the Lord. And in the next verse, God tells Samuel what to do. Say, you, you've got we've got to learn to pray. And listen, praying is not just a quick, now I lay me down to sleep, right? Alright? A lot of a lot of people they it's not just our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come thy will be done in heaven. No. Praying. Where we get alone with God, we're not thinking about everything else. We're talking to Him, and you give Him a chance to speak to your heart too. Let it, I mean, do your best to listen. Learn to have long periods of undistracted prayer. In Matthew chapter twenty-six, we looked at this passage not real long ago. We we're preaching on it, but I want to show you something in there again. Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. Jesus, when He prayed, He'd pray for long periods of time. And it says in verse 14, "...He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with Me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." And then Jesus goes away again a second time. And they fall asleep. And Jesus like, for one hour... For one hour, I just, I want you, I want you to watch, and I want you to be praying. For an hour. And he couldn't do it. And Peter, Peter, oh, that's boring. Fall asleep. And Jesus, he rebukes him for it. Peter, though, he didn't, you know, he didn't know about all the, he didn't have all the science and things we do. If Peter would have been in today's age, he could have told Jesus, hey, not my fault. I have ADHD. I got bored. I can't help it. But no, just say, hey, you couldn't do it for one hour. You know, the problem was Peter didn't realize just how serious the situation was. He didn't realize how much he needed to be praying and how much Jesus needed him at that time. And Peter messed up big time after that. But we've got to learn to do that, to find a way that we can go and for a long time, not just five minutes, not just ten minutes. I mean, get alone with God and pray. Listen, I'm preaching myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody else today. I've got, I've got this stuff bad. And I've, I've got to be very careful with the technologies and things because they are so distracting. And I need God to speak to me. I need it bad for me personally in my own life. I need it bad you know, as a pastor if I'm going to be able to have the messages that God wants. And I'm always listening. And God, there's all kinds of things in life situations. One of the things that kind of made me think about this message, I was, I was watching a news, um Article, I was watching a news video about a new problem that's going on called sleep texting. That people are texting even in their sleep. And they don't even know that they're doing it. And the doctor was talking about how dangerous it is because, you know, we need uninterrupted sleep. And people are so used to doing that all the time, I mean, they cannot even turn their phone off when they go to bed at night. And then a text will go off and they instinctively, in their sleep, will grab it and text stuff that doesn't make sense. Sometimes they'll even text things they're saying inappropriately. And then they'll send it, put it back, and they don't even know they did it. Next day, they'll be going through and looking and seeing what they've done on there, and they're embarrassed and shocked. And apparently, it's very—it's becoming more and more common, especially with kids who already struggle with this attention stuff a lot more than adults do, just naturally. And we're giving them all this stuff to keep them even more distracted. I mean, it's absolutely out of control, and I heard him talk about that in the news, and I was like, you know, I think that's part of my problem. I get so distracted by all the stuff that's out there that a lot of times I miss what God has for me. But God, He's going to use, He'll use things like that to speak to you. You Use the news program. Also, I was reading in the Revival Fires paper another thing, an article that was similar to that, talking about you know, the iPad generation and how people, they are bringing their iPads and using them for their Bibles and how they're, instead of just using them for their Bible, even during church, they're using them for other things. And I thought, that makes sense. That's exactly what I would do. Cause I've got, I've got that problem. And Samuel, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not in his countenance nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That was when Samuel went to go anoint David as king. Samuel, he went and looked at David's older brother, Eliab, and he thought, wow! This guy's got to be the king. He's big, he's strong, he's handsome. I mean, he's got it all on the outward. Surely this is the king God's. He said, no, that's not him. goes to all the brothers and gets to the youngest one. A young little boy named David. And God teaches Samuel a lesson there. He says, I don't see like man sees. Man, they look on the outward, but I look on the heart. And Samuel learned a valuable lesson that day. God tries to use circumstances and things to speak to your hearts. When you see bad things happen to other people, God's trying to get your attention with that. When you see... Somebody out playing, you know, playing in the street and they get ran over by a car. Listen, that's supposed to speak to your heart. To say, don't do that. But we make the same stupid mistakes over and over again. No matter how many stories we hear about people ODing on drugs, people keep experimenting with that stuff, don't they? No matter how many stories we hear about what alcohol does and the, the DUIs and the the... Things that people will do under the influence of alcohol—we don't learn our lesson. People just keep on doing it. They don't pay any attention to it. Just do not at all. And God's trying to use those as an opportunity to speak to our hearts, so we will learn our lesson. I'll never forget when I was a kid. When I, we went and visited a lot of my uh, my relatives, we had on my dad's side of the family. He, my dad comes from a pretty rough background. Got a pretty rough family and boy we went and I remember some of the people when we went to visit. they were going through some really hard times they were I'm not going to go into the stories of what was going on but there was a lot of pain and a lot of misery going on and I remember as a kid I, I might have been 12 or 13 I remember I'm just blown away I'm just blown away by it I'm thinking man this is crazy because I know people don't have to live like that I mean we came from the same family it was just completely different I remember my dad asked me, he's like, he said, Tommy, he said, why do you think they're in that position that they're in right now? And I remember I, I thought about it. I was like, I guess it's the choices that they made. And I remember my dad said, that's exactly right. And I remember I, I learned that day, and I was taught that day, that the things that happen to you in your life are not, they're based on your choices. You're not a victim. If you. Make the wrong choices, there's going to be bad consequences. But if you make the right choices, if you follow the Word of God, then God can bless you. And too many people today, they think that all the bad stuff that happens, I'm just unlucky. They'll go and they'll look at somebody who maybe has their life together. Well, you're just lucky. Maybe it's because of choices. Maybe it's because you follow the Word of God. And people don't know. And they don't pay for... Any attention to it. They completely ignore it. I mean, you would think that you could just look at our society, the way it's going, just how immoral it is, all the garbage that's going on. You'd think people would look at it and say, you know, I don't want any of that. You would think all you'd have to do is go spend a little bit of time at a bar and you would never want to drink again with some of the stuff that goes on. You'd think that's all it would take. You would think all it would take is maybe going and just visiting. Some of these families where immorality is going on. You'd think you know, these teenagers, they would see these other young people, these girls that get pregnant and what it does to their lives. And they'd say, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I'm going to wait until I get married. You'd think they'd see that. And God's trying to speak to people. The Bible says in Proverbs that wisdom, it's crying out. It's uttering your voice in the street, but nobody's hearing it. Why? We're too busy walking down the street. With our earphones on, bebopping away. We drive down the roads. We can't even... In, in your car, that's a great time to meditate. we got that stupid radio in there that you got blaring all the time. I'm talking about myself too. And we listen to, we listen to stupid stuff. I mean, I, I like to listen to the, some of the political stuff on the radio. and I don't know why, because it just makes me mad. But I do. I listen to it. And I get distracted. Maybe God's wanting to speak to me. And God's wanting to help me out with some things. And we've got to learn to remove those things because God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you some guidance. We've got to learn to pay attention. And it's getting harder every day with all the stuff that's out there. You've seen it. And the younger people, they're struggling with this more than any of us because they're growing up having all this stuff around them we're conditioned to it and we've got we've got to we've got to get control of this thing I'm not telling you all to go throw out your cell phones and all that even though it probably wouldn't hurt. but I guess what I am saying is we've got to get our priorities right and we've got to do whatever it takes so God can get through to us and we can do the right thing so with that let's all stand together, heads bowed and eyes closed.